0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Pragmatic Institute podcast series. My name is Diane Pearson, and I'm an instructor with Pragmatic. And today I am very lucky to have Joe Duress with me. I've known Joe my entire career, and I've I've been lucky enough to witness firsthand his inspirational leadership style and his real focus on delivering value to his market as well as revenue to his business partners. A little bit about Joe, just to tell everybody, uh, Joe is currently the Managing Director for British Medical Publishing for the Americas. He's also held several other general management roles for companies like Elsevier, Buyer's Lab, Dun & Bradstreet, LexisNexis, and Sightlines. Joe is the co-author of a top-selling business book, The DMB Guide to Doing Business Around the World, published by Prentice Hall, Simon & Schuster. He also at one point testified before a US Congressional Subcommittee to promote better private and public sector cooperation. Now in his spare time, because clearly he's got a lot of spare time, Joe founded the Heroes Tournament, uh, which has raised half a million dollars to benefit seriously ill children and first responders who have fallen in the line of duty. So clearly we have somebody here who does a lot of work for the community, a lot of work for his markets, and uh, is a great friend and leader. Joe, thank you for being here today. I really appreciate it.
1: Uh, Diane, it's my pleasure, and it's it's great to speak with you again.
0: So Joe and I today are going to talk about working with your CEO, advice on alignment and influencing your senior leadership, what they would tell you if they could. And so with Joe's background, he's uniquely qualified to, to go through this. So Joe and I are going to have a little chat about that how do you work with your ceo or your senior leader whoever that is now let's let's get a little bit of sense for how they think and and the mindset that a leader brings into a new job a uh, new leadership role uh, joe you've you've often been tapped to to change the course of an organization or to come in and and lead it in its next new direction because you've done this frequently do you have an an action plan or a mindset that you bring to this do you do you think, in terms of a set of diagnostics, when you step into a new leadership role, tell me a little bit about how you think when you do that?
1: Yeah, it's interesting um, that you 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 mentioned mindset, and I would say I actually um, enter these uh, situations, uh, these opportunities, with more of a mindset than uh, an immediate action plan. And every situation, of course, is very different. Um, you might be coming in. Uh, because a business is perhaps not performing at a level that its uh, board or shareholders expect, or it could just be a very natural, uh, you know, succession plan, a transition uh, from maybe a functional leadership role uh, to more of a general management role. But in terms of, you know, the situation that you're in, a lot of it also depends on what type of of company you're you're actually joining. Is it a large public company? Is it a medium-sized private company? Is it actually a small uh, founder-led business? And I've actually been lucky enough to um, join all those types of businesses. And so the way I approach them is actually different, especially when it comes to things like key performance indicators, or as you would call it, diagnostics. But what I generally like to always start with Diane is if it's if it's a general management role, like a managing director role, uh, I try to get the entire organization together. And the first thing I like to do is just share with them a little bit about my leadership philosophy. Um, I'm not gonna go into great detail today on this, but um, I really believe that this lays sort of the foundation, the groundwork for how the entire organization is going to work together going forward. And so I like to focus on things like teamwork and I remind everybody that it truly is we and not I. I remind people that our people are indeed our greatest asset. I like to remind everyone that I believe that you know, power, which is something that can sometimes be um, mis- mis- misused, Um, but power with people versus power over people is just a much better way. Also, I always take a bottom-up approach um, in terms of my management style, my leadership style versus a top-down. I truly believe that everyone in the organization, regardless of what role they're in or where they may actually be in an organizational chart, can make material contributions to the business. And I prefer inspiration over controlling, And I think everybody wants to feel ownership of what they do, and they want to feel that sense of empowerment. But I always remind people that empowerment actually comes with a price, and that price is personal accountability. So if you want to be empowered, if you want to feel ownership for what you're doing, and you want to feel good about your individual contributions, then you also have to take with that the accountability for those results. You can't have empowerment without that personal accountability and I think you know maybe last but not least I, I'm I'm more results driven than I am anything else I appreciate people who work hard but it's really not the activity it's really the results of that activity that at the end of the day are going to drive the business forward as far as diagnostics go um, hopefully um, there are some key performance indicators you know things like uh, sales, um, you know, growth. Uh, how's the business performing within different segments? Uh, perhaps you have strategic accounts and key accounts. Uh, maybe you've stratified um, your customers and the level of service you might provide them is maybe different for a, a, a large strategic account versus perhaps uh, a smaller account. And that's that's all well and good. Um, I want to look at those things. I want to understand, you know, as much as possible. Uh, how much we we know about a particular market, but uh, I get back to how are we going to work together? And so part of that when I join a new organization is communication. It starts with communication. What is that communication cadence going to be? And what are the things that we're going to look at on a regular basis? What are we gonna monitor? What are we gonna measure? What are we gonna track? And what are we gonna report on? So. I'd like to make it clear to everyone that from a uh, communication and transparency, um, we'll hold meetings regularly, whether it's a, um, a monthly team meeting or a quarterly town hall, uh, town hall for the entire uh, business. And then of course, any of my direct reports will actually meet on a, on a one-on-one basis, on a, on a weekly basis. I emphasize team all the time. Um, some organizations, uh, unfortunately are still siloed. Uh, and one of my first priorities is going to be to eliminate silos. Um, I think collaboration and cooperation um, makes more sense in that way because uh, it just it just tends to lead to just overall uh, better teaming and, and partnering and everybody working together toward a common purpose. Um, I like to remind all managers within the business, that they are expected to be a responsible decision-maker as a manager. And there are going to be situations where we're going to have to manage in situations where maybe we don't actually have complete authority or where we're neither, what I would say, controlled, nor are we controlling. That's where alignment and that accountability comes into play. And, you know, we have to take responsibility for the relationships throughout the organization. And as I said earlier, you know with empowerment comes that accountability, and with that, I always call it there's this no victim choice um, yeah, if like everybody that. yeah exactly if 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 everyone feels empowered, then nobody really should be playing the victim card because everybody should be working together, everybody should be on the same page, everybody should have very clear a very clear understanding. Of, of what their personal objectives are and how they are aligned to the company objectives.
0: You've brought up a lot of good points there, Joe. Let's start with the last one that you just mentioned, which was that alignment piece. One of the things we talk about a lot in our classes, and, and I talk about a lot from, from my background, actually some mistakes that I made and, and some places I didn't, but this, this alignment with your senior leadership. I think that this is one of those things that can often be the destruction of, of an otherwise really good product team, really good marketing team, a really good sales team. But if we think just specifically around those product teams, the alignment concept, when you when you talked about coming into the organization and sharing with them your partici- um, particular vision of your leadership style, I've seen that in action, and I think that's a, one of the pieces that really does align the organization. They feel like they, they know how to work with you. But what about that alignment to the strategic vision of the organization? I mean, so often when we empower people in organizations, what we find is either those those folks go off into a lot of different directions that, that um, maybe dilute resources that could be used on projects that would be different than what we're doing today, but still hitting the vision. Also sometimes we find that people don't know which way to go next. So. How do you instill an understanding of where the organization is going and how they play a role in it?
1: Yeah, so it's really important alignment. Um, honestly, I, I, I put the onus on, on leadership. And, and in this case, um, I put it on me to ensure that the organization is aligned with the vision and the mission. Um, the strategy and the corporate objectives. Um, I leave things like tactical plans. Uh, I leave that to you know the, the the functional areas. But alignment is so important um, because, as you say, it's very easy uh, to dilute your resources and um, your your funding, your budgets um, if we're not doing the right things. And I like to simplify things as much as possible. So we, when we talk about strategy, uh, you know, strategy is really just doing the right things and then tactical execution is doing those things right. Um, so I think it's the responsibility of, of the leader uh, to ensure that um, the strategic objectives and the strategy and the priorities of the business I always are on the side of over communicating these things to ensure that everyone in the organization from the bottom up know how their individual contributions are helping us achieve our objectives. And so reviewing things like key performance indicators, uh, meeting with uh, direct reports on a weekly basis, and expect them to um, meet with their direct reports regularly can help to ensure alignment. The way I look at objectives in an organization, it really starts, starts obviously with the strategic objectives of the business, and then it's, it cascades down. So then it cascades down to the functional leadership, and then it cascades down to each individual in the organization. That really ensures alignment. Everybody has to have clarity on what is expected of them, and everybody deserves to know how their personal contributions are actually making a difference. So, that, that's really, in my opinion, how you can actually um, ensure that everybody is on the same page.
0: So this this continuous communication, the, the setting and constant communicating of key performance indicators or or metrics of some sort, outcomes of some sort, to make sure that everybody at every level sees how what they do ties into that. Now, here's a question. What about, have you ever had a situation, I, I know I have, a most most. Um, leaders I, I run into have had this situation where. Have you ever had somebody who reported to you or somebody who reported to them who, who just wasn't getting with the program, who just wasn't aligned, going off on tangents, uh, pursuing pet projects, um, sell, maybe even in the sales organization because I know you've as general management led uh, sales organizations maybe selling things we're not building and ignoring the things we have built, but. Have you ever had to run into a have you ever run into a situation like that where you've had to bring somebody around and how did that work out if you can if you can think of one and and obviously you don't have to mention anybody's names or companies or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I wish I could say no. Companies I've never encountered. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it'd be great if I'd never encountered that type of situation, right? Uh you know, often especially when there is a a change in management or a change in leadership, um you know, change is hard, right? and uh you know uh you don't just flip a switch and change a a culture or change the way you know people might act or maybe the way people think about a particular thing um so it it's it's a process and i you know i always give give people the benefit of the doubt i always um assume positive intent and when there's somebody who perhaps um is um acting or operating in such a way that um, doesn't seem like it's on the same page as maybe the rest of a department or a particular uh, area of the business, I think the first thing that you need to do is just sit down with that person and uh, explain um, you know, how important it is for everybody to be aligned. Because it's a little bit like if you have two people in a, in a rowboat, and they're both rowing, if they're not rowing in sync, then they very much, uh, it's very possible that they're just gonna end up rowing you know, in circles. They might feel like they're going somewhere, but in fact, they're going nowhere. They're just going around and around and around. Um, They're spending a lot of
0: effort to do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and they're expending a lot of effort to do it. It's really not the most efficient way to get things done, right? So, um, unfortunately, there are situations Uh, where some people just don't get with the program. And um, honestly, uh, you know, there are times when you just have to manage people out of the organization if they don't really, um, you know, sort of buy into uh, what we're trying to do and why we're doing things the way we are doing it.
0: And Joe, one of the things today is we're, we're trying to definitely get the, you know, the general management perspective, the executive leadership perspective, I know the answer to this question, but is it does it make you happy to to manage those people out of the organization?
1: No absolutely not um, it's uh, you know sometimes uh the the right decision is always the most difficult decision, and managing somebody out of the business um I never take it lightly. It's not something that I necessarily look forward to, but it it is something that's necessary at times. Now, you hope that those, uh, those folks go on to have success elsewhere um, and that they find, you know, um, enjoyment in wherever they end up going. But um, it's, it's, it's not easy and, and, and you know, you don't, you don't wanna make a capricious decision about these things. And that's why I say change is a process. And so you have to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. You know, sometimes you can only run as fast as your slowest runner that doesn't mean that your slowest runner is someone that you don't want on your team. You want that person on your team. You just have to make sure that ultimately, we all wanna get to the finish line at the same time. But having said that, there are just times when it's not the right fit for someone. And quite often when you sit down and talk to those people, they'll tell you that maybe they're struggling because they realize they're not a good fit. And ultimately, the best thing for them is to actually um, have a new start somewhere else.
0: Yeah, it's it's a really rough position to be in, isn't it? And and I don't I've never run into anybody who really says that they don't lose sleep over this. I think it's it's one of the most grueling and, and often a heartbreaking decision for a leader to make. And so that that alignment, that level of alignment, and and get getting with the program understanding the program understanding how you contribute to it I think is key so yeah. the other thing you mentioned was um the different parts of the organization and how they need to come together how they need to hear each other and work together let's talk specifically about product and marketing teams uh, I, you've managed a wide variety of teams. You've been, in, you know, from early in your career, individual contributor all the way up to general manager. So when you're looking at uh, important traits, when you're hiring product marketers or product managers, whichever one you feel more comfortable with at this particular moment, what are the kinds of things you're looking for in the, the next level leadership? But also if if you were the one who was interviewing an entry-level product manager or product marketer, what are some of the, the skills that you'd be looking for? Maybe some of the, the personality traits or or the actual functional skills you'd be looking for.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting, uh, interesting pivot we just made, right? We went from um, having to do very um, difficult things, managing someone out of a business, to something that I really enjoy, which is bringing in new new talent into an organization, mm-hmm. and I think you know my my approach might actually be a little unconventional, Diane, because um, you know when somebody comes in for an interview, to a large extent, you know if you look at um, s- selective targeting and recruiting and hiring as sort of a gating process. The first gate, right, is to get the interview. Your resume, has somebody has to look at it, somebody has to ensure that you have uh, the right experience, that you have the right credentials, that you have the right skills. Um, And so you pass through that first gate. And so when they come in, I generally don't talk to them about what's on their resume. What I wanna see and what I put a very heavy weighting on uh, when I recruit, when I hire, regardless of level. Um, from, you know, entry level all the way up to very senior level, So I look at attitude. I look at attitude. You know, you can teach skills, but you can't teach attitude. I also look for a passion, and passion can come through when you're sitting down and having a conversation with someone. I generally don't like to label these things interviews. I generally just like to think of them as getting to know. The person on the other side of the table a little bit better, and you can hear passion in their voice, in their inflection. You can see it maybe in their body language, and that's really important to me as well. Another characteristic I look for, and there's ways to sort of tease this out during that conversation, is curiosity. I really like people who I call it the four you uh, you know the uh, the questions that four year olds ask. I like people who ask the question, why? You know, if you've ever had like a little four-year-old and they ask you a question and you'll give them an answer to the question and more often than not, they'll say something like, why? Why is to me the greatest question. It's not so much what or how, it's why. And when you're in, whether it's a product marketing role or a product development role, you should really always ask yourself, why am I doing this? Is this the right thing to do? Is this the right time to do it? Um, so, those are some things I look at. Now, other attributes I look for obviously, I'm looking for someone who has a very customer centric approach to things. Um, put yourself in the shoes of the customer. You know, why should they maybe buy this particular product or this particular solution? And then, why would they renew maybe a year later? Uh, communication skills are crucial, regardless of what role you're in or what level you're in, for that matter. Problem-solving skills—I like to try to—I try to get to—is the person just looking for the easy answer, or are they thinking critically? I call it cr- uh, creative problem-solving. Um, obviously, uh, especially in a marketing role, you really need somebody who has good analytical skills and understands how to leverage data. Someone who can look at maybe a spreadsheet and identify um, trends or patterns in that data. I can't tell you how many times um, I've had success by just looking at a spreadsheet and just being able to sort of identify something's going on within that spreadsheet that on the surface isn't clear. But if you dig a little deeper, you can actually identify something that's going on in your market and you can actually take advantage of that and maybe accelerate. Uh, growth of a particular product or something else in that area. Dependability is so important. So I try to when I when I meet with someone, I want to understand. You know, why should we as an organization depend on them to deliver something when you know uh, to our customers, uh, whether they be our internal customers, our key internal stakeholders, or our external customers. And then I also like to look at um, things like tenacity and persistence, you know, in marketing in particular, right? Not everything works and failure isn't fatal as long as we learn from it. So I like to think of marketing at times as we're testing things and we're learning from the results and then we adjust. And so long as we're always asking those questions and as long as we're not making the same mistakes over and over again, Ultimately, we're gonna end up with a really positive outcome. So those are some of the things I look for.
0: You know, I was um, listening to you and I had made my own mental list before we, we talked and I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, yep, 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 uh, the, the, the creativity, the passion, the curiosity, the, the ability to exhibit tenacity. These are, these are all critical. Uh, We're speaking today with Joe Duress, who is the Managing Director for British Medical Publishing for the Americas. And we've been talking about working with your CEO, advice on alignment and influencing your senior leadership, whether you report to the CEO or not, and and how to work with that leader to to be successful. So so Joe, let's talk a little bit about that. Now that you've hired this person, how can this person influence you?
1: Well, that's a great question. Um, you know, a lot of it comes down to dependability. And, um, you know, look, let's face it, when, when you're new to an organization or even if you've, um, you've been tenured with an organization, uh, there are some organizations that perhaps and some leaders who, who may not like to, to go deep into the organization and, and meet with people either formally or informally. Um, I like doing that. Um, and so I will reach out and I have to tell you some of the, some, I think I may have mentioned this earlier, some of the best ideas, uh, that perhaps I've gotten credit for, um, maybe unfairly over the years have actually uh, come from talking to people, even in, in a, in a customer support role, but from a product marketing standpoint, um, at the end of the day, especially if it's a product driven business, the messaging, and the ability to convey that value proposition to the end user or the buyer is absolutely critical. And so as a leader, when you sit down and you review your your KPIs, your key performance indicators, um, you can break it out in in great granularity and you can certainly look at a particular product line and If that particular product line is either growing at a robust level or the opposite, obviously you're gonna dig a little bit deeper and you're gonna ask questions. And ultimately it comes down to people and it comes down to performance. Um, If you have a high performing product, there's no question that both the product marketer and the product manager are on the front lines there. And they probably uh, to a large extent um, should be getting credit for the success, success of that. Now it's not to um, minimize all the other areas of the business that are supporting that particular product rollout, uh, right. like in the development area, but it's the, it's the messaging and the value proposition that ultimately is going to get the prospect to buy.
0: And so really for you, it comes down to you're going to be influenced by the data that they bring from the market and the response you see them about to take out to the market. I mean, obviously the results are going to be key, but in order to get you to try something or move ahead, it sounds like bring, bring me something that shows the market wants this. Bring me something that shows that this response makes sense to the market and you're going to be with them.
1: That's exactly right, and because I'm just naturally curious, uh, some might say that's because maybe I uh, act like a four-year-old. Um, I'll, I'll actually hardly <laughs>
0: ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, hardly ever. Yes, um, I I will I will uh, uh, seek that person out, and I'll sit down with them, and because I, I really want to understand uh, what it is about that particular product or that particular solution that has gone beyond just um, you know, getting some traction, but perhaps is actually building some velocity and momentum, and I always like to say, momentum is something that everybody should enjoy when it occurs, um, because we're always flying into, it always seems like we're flying into headwinds, and when you get that tailwind behind you, that's a beautiful thing,
0: mm-hmm. but it's
1: really important to me and uh, honestly more broadly to the entire organization to understand um, what it is that is um, motivating uh, prospects to, to convert to customers.
0: I think it, when, it, when it comes down to it, all roads lead back to that, don't they? You, you really have to understand the market. And, and when we understand the market and why we're doing what we're doing in context of that, it, it helps us clarify our roles, it helps us influence other people, it helps us work with our leadership. It, it's what it's what helps that tailwind actually happen. We almost create our own tailwind.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: All right, well, Joe, thank you very much for your time today. I know you're really busy. Uh, you, you work with everybody globally, so I know you're just on a 24-hour schedule. I hope you're staying uh, safe and doing well, and I really appreciate you being here today to talk about how to work with your CEO.
1: It's my pleasure. Uh, as you say, we've, uh, we've worked together for many years. Our paths have crossed many, many times. Uh, I'm happy to say that um, um, I've, um, I've been through the Pragmatic Marketing uh, courses. You guys do a great job. It's a, it's a wonderful uh, service that you, uh, that you deliver and continue good luck to you.
0: Oh, thank you so much. And, and thank you for the, the shameless plug because we always love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Diane. Thank All you, right. take
1: care. Be safe.